Hello there. Welcome back to the Senate Podcast. We're on episode number 35, and it is Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm joined by Jack Frost himself, the coldest, the coldest one there is, full of cold takes. Tony Quinn. Uh, even though this is an episode about hot takes, um, you have to you have to redeem yourself because you're known as the the cold take Tony. Uh-huh. So today you're gonna, that was my you're gonna nickname evolve. in school, yeah. Cold, yeah. <laughs> Cold take Tony. So today we're gonna switch it up a little bit, but this is going out on Christmas. So Merry Christmas, Tony. How are you enjoying Christmas? Uh well, we're not there have, yet, but well my at my job, uh our Christmas break um started we have half a day today and then we're off till January second, but uh, we have to use any personal time we have before the end of the year. So I had enough to wear. Uh, I took off yesterday and today. Um, so my break started a little early. Um, my Enjoy copy it. of Final Fantasy 16. Yes, j- just arrived a few minutes ago. Uh, I played the demo. Like it's basically like the first about two hours. You know, like the intro. You know, and then it ends on this big climax where you're like oh my god i actually I wonder how that's that gonna game. play it. um so you know i i can't wait to uh watch my productivity just evaporate because i'm gonna be jumping into the world of i don't know i forgot what the kingdom's called but uh i, I can't wait to join clive that, but on yeah. his journey um I'm trying to get into that series, but I 16 looks amazing. So it's who knows? Pretty, Maybe that'll like, be a Christmas game for me. Combat's, you know, like more traditional hack and slash. So that might be a great place for you to start because, like, it's. I mean, not to say there's no strategy, but like you know, it's more of what you're probably used to than like. Yeah. Even seven I love remake is action, but it also has the turn-based element. So I. I think 16 for you might actually be uh the the best uh entry point. I do too. So uh like I said, I like action games and today we're talking about hot takes. So let me just pop it off. You ready? Yeah. Let's I'm going to start it. out with some hot takes. I I'm going to just drop them. Ready? They're they're, <laughs> they're I'm dropping them hot. Brush Speaking of uh of games, exciting action games. I think that Souls games are incredibly boring. They're carried by RPG elements. As as in exciting action game or whatever, they're extremely boring. The combat, okay, I get it. The combat's good because you got to be strategic, whatever. It's boring. I never forget the time in uh, Elden Ring when I picked up this, I had this very heavy weapon and it took me like eight years to swing the thing. It's like... <laughs> It's like these games are boring. I'm not saying they're all terrible games, but they are just boring games to play. You have to you have to have a brain that works at 20% speed to enjoy that that kind of genre. So I'm curious, um, what other things about them uh, do you find boring? Because like a okay. lot of why Good people question. love them are like you know because of the atmosphere and like the somber nature of it all. So what no, about and you're that? right, and I think. Yeah, I think it's actually carried by um, the atmosphere, like you said, and the lore. 
of the stories because I don't know something about that genre. It's that's actually kind of interesting from a, a lore perspective and like narrative um, because it's very diegetic, which I, I do appreciate about that genre. Um, obviously I'm using a lot of hyperbole saying it's terrible or it's, you know, it's boring, but it is kind of boring. It's carried by RPG elements and whatnot. But what I do um, like about it is like you said, the, the world, the atmosphere and all that, but what is not fun about Souls games is they all kind of look the same. They're all kind of samey. They all have a same feel to it. It's very kind of generic. Um, what I do like, though, is within the um, Souls genre, whenever something kind of just breaks out and is a little different, like a Jedi Survivor. Um, essentially, that's a Souls game, but it is, it's so different. There's so many yeah. other elements to it. Um, but strictly Souls games, I think, are, are boring. So Yeah, I, I played a a little bit of bloodborne like a year or two ago and like yeah it's a beautiful game and everything it's well made game but like i don't okay i don't understand souls fans maybe some of you can help me out why do you look at games (laughs) where when you die you have to return back to where you died and reclaim all the stuff you lost because you died and uh think that that sounds fun because that's just miserable that was what I it's, didn't like about yeah. Hollow Knight. That wasn't. That was what I didn't like about Near Automata. Like I just don't like. I don't like feeling like oh okay now I'm back to nothing and I have to go on like a twenty year odyssey to reclaim boring, all the shit yeah, that I right. lost. Like that. I don't know. To me, to me, it's yeah. boring. I'm I mean, a hot take. Whatever. Put on Elden Ring. I'm falling asleep. All right. <laughs> Give me a hot take. Okay. Hot take one of my hot in. takes is something that I've heard uh, being slandered in the past year or two. So I'm just going to say it. Eternals is one of the best MCU movies. Period. End of story. Like, this is an MCU movie. Yeah, it has writing flaws. Yeah, the the villains just seem like they randomly spring out of nowhere and they're not really developed and stuff. But like, okay, name... Of all the popular MCU movies, you know, Iron Man, freaking Captain America, Winter Soldier, stuff like that. How many of the popular MCU movies actually have something to say that actually make you think about life, that actually have scenes that are just somber and reflective and, you know, try and make you think and have characters talking about different perspectives? I could think of maybe two. Black Panther? And Captain America Civil War and kind of Winter Soldier. That's basically it. Every other MCU movie, I'm not saying I don't like a lot of the MCU yeah. movies. Guardians they're, 3. They're Respect. kind of surface level. Like, they're not like you watch them and you're like, wow, I had a lot of fun. Okay, whatever. Eternals actually tried to be something. It actually made me think about life in a few different points. And I mean, you know, everybody's like, oh, MCU movies, you know, they're special effects heavy, you know, and that kind of ruins it. I agree. Eternals was shot on location for at least the majority of it. It's a freaking beautiful movie. The ending with Icarus, you know, that, that's a powerful message right there. How a villain was so devastated by the fact that everything that he was raised to fight for and programmed to fight for just fell apart spoilers if you haven't seen it don't click he commits suicide because he just can't take it find me an mcu movie that has anything as poignant as eternals 
not a lot of them exist. I don't know why people hate it. It's not a perfect movie, but it's it's easily, in my opinion, one of the best MCU movies. And it sucks that I love that because yeah. it didn't succeed that much. We might not really get anything like it, and we haven't gotten anything like it since. Hot take, but I like it. I actually agree with you. Um, I think I think that was great. Great point. That's a hot take. You want to hear another hot take? It's involving movies. Give it to me. <laughs> All right, ready. DC movies are great. They're just not the MCU. Yeah, I can agree with here's, that. Here's the thing Mostly. about the MCU. Everything has to be connected. Everything has to... Every every pebble that you see in the movie has to be connected to a pebble from another movie. Yeah. You, know, you see that random rock in Winter Soldier? Yeah, that was the rock from Iron Man. <laughs> like, like it's, it gets annoying. But DC movies... Okay, they're... They're somewhat connected, um, but I don't mean the DCEU. The DCEU as a connected universe is terrible. But if you just look at I DC movies... I think it movies, failed because it tried to be a connected great. universe. Yes. <laughs> but if you just look at these movies as movies like or trilogies for that, you know, like Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Justice League. If you just take, you know, Zack Snyder's vision, I'm not saying he makes the best movies, but they were good movies. Trying to develop a cinematic universe off of them was a terrible idea, but they're good movies. Man of Steel was amazing. The first Wonder Woman was amazing. He was executive producer on that. Batman v Superman, the ultimate edition, was amazing. Yeah, I think that's Snyder a Cut, great movie. amazing. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm, I'm not saying DCU. I'm just saying DC movies. Joker? The yeah. Batman? The, I would put probably the, the Joker. Nolan Batman movies? At least Nolan Batman. If you're not movies, a big yes. fan of The Dark Knight Rises, Batman Begins, great origin story. One of my favorite origin story movies, The, the Dark Knight. I think it's a little overrated, but I mean, it's still a great movie that you know takes itself seriously, for better if, or worse. If I want a fun, ridiculous, you know, comedy movie that's just kind of like CG action heavy, I'll sit down and watch the MCU. If I want to watch something, you know, grounded with you know, uh, darker, you know, elements to it, or I don't know, something that's not as cookie cutter. I'll watch DC. Now I'm not saying every DC movie, obviously you got, you know, something like Shazam in there or Wonder Woman two, or from what I'm hearing, Aquaman two, or even blue beetle to an extent, but you have stuff like interesting stuff like black Adam and whatnot, but DC movies are great. People need to just calm down. It's not the MCU. It's not trying to, you know, when they're trying to be the MCU, they're terrible. But yeah, exactly. When it's not trying to be the MCU, it's they're great. So people just need to understand that. Yeah, and All right. here's like a five second sub hot take from that. Find me any sub comic book take. movie director <laughs> who's shooting these movies like Zack Snyder. I'll wait. I'll wait. James Gunn. Okay. Who else? Who else you got? James Gunn's close. I would. Sam yeah, Raimi. James Gunn's close. Okay. I'll give you Sam Raimi. Other than that, yeah, you know, maybe Zack Snyder's comic book movies. Feel about them however you want to. Yeah, they have problems. They're better looking and more well shot and more visually memorable and interesting and artistically brazen than ninety percent of the freaking MCU. I, okay, we're those, those are hot takes, but you, you understand where I'm coming from. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> you're you, you're still kind of cold take Tony a little bit. <laughs> that was a good one, but you're not officially hot take Tony yet. You're still cold take Tony. Okay. You want me to get hot? Okay. Here's a before like I jump into the other ones. Here's just a quick one about music. ACDC is one of the most overrated bands of all time. They're great musicians. Yeah. 
Ryan Johnson sucks as a vocalist. He's he's can actually sing, but for some ungodly reason, when he gets into the studio, he just has the idea. I'm gonna sound like a parrot who's uh having every one of his feathers ripped off one by one and it's do you hear that it's just not pleasant to listen to i don't understand it it's acdc is carried by angus young being one of the best guitar players ever every song they make sounds exactly the same bon scott was a way better vocalist and i think their songs were better with him acdc died when bon scott did do you hear that you hear the people cheering <laughs> thank, the thank people you. are cheering for you thank Tony. you Thank you so okay, much. Okay, you're getting closer to a hot take, Tony, but you still got a ways to go. Okay, let me just give a quick one, since you did a quick one. Sonic is better than Mario. Simple as that. I don't want to hear anything. <laughs> what what personality does Mario have? It's a me. That's it. He's a simp. He's he's the, the biggest simp of all time. He Mario <laughs> has no backstory, no personality. The the mo- probably the most backstory we get from him is from Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door, which I'm glad is coming back. But he he's boring. He he has no personality. He, the all of his personality is Luigi. That's it. Now I I kind of I'm kind of just talking about the games because the movies are separate. That's a whole other conversation, um, which would be fun to talk about because they're both tackling movies in a separate way. But in, just in terms of gaming, as gaming characters, Sonic is better than Mario. Sonic has so much personality. Got to go fast. I mean, he's yo, come on, he is, he's the Hedgehog. Um, in in terms of the games, I think Mario is a better like platformer, but Sonic has better games. Sonic has always been good. Yeah, some of Mario's games are I would think I think higher. I think Sunshine's probably better than any Sonic game, period. But I think Sonic is more consistent, and I know that sounds weird to say, but um. Sonic constantly switches it up, and not all of them are 10 out of 10s, but they're all good. Most of them are great, even though they're not perfect. You know what I mean? Sonic yeah. is just good. Uh, Mario, there's some Mario games you forgot about. There's some you don't want to go back to. Some are hit and miss. Now, they're getting into like this territory where they're both coming back strong and, with Mario Bros. Wonder and Sonic uh, Superstars. So they're still battling head-to-head, but I think Sonic is you know, obviously obviously better than Mario. Come on now. Isn't Yoshi, like, Mario's, like, father, kind this... of, in, uh, what's it, Yoshi's Island or something? There's, I saw, yeah, like, yeah. there's a scene Yoshi... where, like, it's, like, Mario as a baby, and then he, yes. Yoshi finds him, and he starts looking after him or something? How the Yoshi's hell does that Island, work? That's, I think, Super Mario uh, World 2, or Super Mario Bros. 2, or Yeah, 3, what's the deal like with that, that do you know? <laughs> yeah, so, that's a Yoshi game. But baby Mario in that Yoshi game has more personality than normal Mario in the last 25 years. So, okay. <laughs> That's a hot take. But... Okay, I'm going to go right. back to movies for a second. Here's a preview of um, our uh, retrospective on the Star Wars sequel trilogy. Han Solo in The Force Awakens is a better character than in the original trilogy in its entirety. I stand by that. Han Solo... Everybody loves Han Solo. They're like, Han Solo's so cool. Han Solo's so great. Oh, I freaking love Han Solo. Why do you love Han Solo? Because he's suave, cunning. He has great one-liners. He's a lovable prick. Okay. 
what else is there to him than that? Okay, he actually cares about fighting the Empire. He's a good friend. That's it. He's kind of boring. He's kind of one note. There isn't a whole lot I'll give, to him. I'll give you that. I'll give and, you that well, dude, for one reason. Why? Han Solo is at his best in A New Hope. Period. But Yeah, I agree. But that's that's just an individual movie, individual performance in A New Hope. In terms of the entire original trilogy, no. But if you take into account his character over the course of the entire sequel trilogy, I'll give that to you. Because I like what they did with him at the end of Force Awakens, and I like what they did with him in Rise of Skywalker. Um, yeah, yeah so, like I when his best performance was A New Hope. Yeah, like I, I've never really been a fan of his, and then when I was in the theater watching Episode Seven, you know, like when he reunites with leia for the first time after them being apart for so long and you know they're like talking about you know how like you know uh, they lost ben solo to the dark side and then han went back to being a smuggler leia went back to just you know being a general because they didn't feel like they they could do anything else and so you know like i was like oh my god han solo is finally a person you know, he's yeah. finally vulnerable. He has all these layers, you know, like that whole tension with him and Leia. And like, it's so sweet. It's so heart stirring, you know, like, um, I'll, I, the one line he says that just stuck with me, was, uh, I, I don't remember exactly I'm paraphrasing, but it's like, I feel like when you look at me, you're reminded of him referring to the, their son, Kylo Ren, like, oh my God, like, it's good. In it that, is. Yeah. Not even just the whole movie, just that whole sequence with him and Leia on the planet, you know, when they're trying to figure out how to blow up Starkiller Base. He's a better character and there's more to him and he's more interesting than in all the original trilogy. And it's, you know, it sucks that, you know, he dies in that movie and we only see him as a memory. I don't know exactly what happened in that movie because it's a mess, but, um, yeah, man, I I love his character in The Force Awakens. And, you know, for all the problems anybody has, I have problems with that movie. But Han Solo was one of the things that was absolutely unscathed about it. I agree. Okay. Uh, this really isn't a hot take. I'll move on. My turn, right? Okay. The GameCube is one of the not just the best Nintendo console. GameCube is one of the greatest consoles ever made. I can agree with that. That's it. Catalog, the Wii just had better gimmicks. I think what makes the Switch so great is that it's just porting all the GameCube games. <laughs> so, therefore, I think, I think GameCube is uh, the best. I mean, I could just run through the library, but not just because of first party, but they had amazing third party games. And then obviously you had the exclusives like, you know, you had Prime, you had Pikmin. Those were the debuts of those types of games. Uh, you had Melee. Uh, Super Smash Bros. Melee. The best Mario Kart was on that system. Double Dash. Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door that I mentioned earlier on there. You had F-Zero. You had Star Fox Assault, Star Fox Adventure, all that. Um, it, it doesn't get better. Uh, I'm missing a lot, but it doesn't get better than that. There's so many other games, too. Uh, Billy yeah, Hatcher. it's it's weird that like you know that was the first time Nintendo had their games on 
discs, but they were like small discs. And then the only other time yeah. that they did that was the Wii U, and we all know how that turned out. I like the Wii U. I think the Wii U is one of the most underrated consoles ever. But it was literally just a, uh, just a, just the Wii. So it's not really a good argument to make. But yeah, I think GameCube. I think that might be a hot take. The WaveBird, one of the best controllers ever. The, especially the design of it, the design of the GameCube itself. It was a GameCube. It's a cube that plays games. It was amazing. Um, it, it didn't sell, didn't sell well at all. It only sold like. Uh, 30 or 40 million that's not a lot at all that's crazy and for how small of you know console sales in the grand scheme of things that is think about how beloved and popular the games are so i think you know i i think that's i think i'm i think i'm objectively right on this one no i, I don't care what you say about the stinky switch i think you're on to something i like the switch but i mean yeah I, okay no i do too all right i got a resident evil one so five people are probably gonna actually care five about five people this. are gonna cr- or cry. No, no, no. So you know, there's been some slander regarding my boy Ethan Thomas from Resident Evil Seven and Resident Evil Village or Eight, but it's called Village. I don't know if Seven's in the title of the other one either, but whatever. So you know, like everybody loves Leon, everybody loves Jill, everybody loves Claire, everybody loves Chris. Everyone loves Carlos. I get it, you know, like, the. but here's the thing. In these kind of stories, I don't really care about the people that are, like, you know, like, special forces agents, you know, they're specially trained yeah. to, you know, fight this threat. You know, Resident Evil 2 Remake's one of my favorites because Leon is just a cop. And, you know, he shows up on his first day of duty. And, oh, zombie invasion, you know, and it's like he gets thrown into this big mess. And Jill, I mean, Claire is just a regular lady, you know. She's trying to find her brother who's uh, one of the agents in Stars, And, you know, that was just a relatable human story because we have these people who weren't specially trained, you know. They were out of their element. And, you know, those are, I think, the best Resident Evil stories. You know, I've played uh, five it's fun, but I, I don't care about Chris Redfield. I just I just don't care about him. I don't care about Sheva. I don't care about Jill. You know, I never played one. Maybe I'll play one. I'll be like, Jill's the greatest character ever. But I, I, I just don't care. Wesker's a fun villain, but aside from that. But, you know, playing seven and eight and playing as a dude who's just a regular dad. Who, you know, he, he's trying to find his wife, which is basically Silent Hill 2. And, you know, he gets wrapped up in all this really weird shit. And, you know, he like some people say, oh, you know, his one-liners are stupid. His one-liners are the best part because any one of us, when we're not, you know, trying not to have a panic attack, would be pointing out to ourselves how weird all of this crap is. You know, he's just a guy who's like us, who was put into this world. And, yeah, he technically dies and becomes essentially not human you know but like ethan thomas is a great character you know he's a fun character he's not like any of the other characters really you know he's just trying to look out for his family trying to figure out what the heck is going on and the only time in a resident evil game that i ever felt any emotion was in seven 
you know, when the whole reveal of the whole family storyline. And in eight, when Ethan sacrifices himself to ensure that Chris uh, rescues his daughter and brings her safely because he cared more about her. And in that moment, he was more of a badass, in my opinion, than Jill, than Chris. Not because he had special skills, but because he was just a regular dude who finally found his his bravery and his courage. And to me, that's just way more interesting. And I'll take 20 more games about him and Rose and all of them than all the other characters I don't care about. I I like that one. That's a good one. Give me another one because I'm I'm you'll, I'm looking up something. Okay, so Devil May Cry is a popular series, right? And a few years ago, like 2013, it received a reboot, uh, which was made by Ninja Theory, and a lot of fans hate that game. I understand why to an extent, but I'm here to tell you that no. DMC Devil May Cry, which is a crappy title for a reboot because it's just basically the same as the first game, is a great game. It's one of the best games. I don't know. People are kind of being stupid. They're kind of being stupid about this game. Aside from that one scene that basically antagonizes fans, which I think was a dumb idea and wasn't going to win anyone over, it's a great game. It plays in my opinion, better than all the other games, except 4 and 5, by far, hands down. Uh, some people had a problem with, you know, how stupid and cheesy and how, you know, the whole tone feels like early 2000s uh, edginess. But they don't care that the original games are basically over-the-top early 2000s anime. That's fine. But, oh, this game, you know, is like a pastiche and a parody of, you know, like early 2000s edgy stuff, you know, with like supernatural conspiracies and stuff. Like the whole game is doing what the other games did, but just making it Western, just taking it in a different direction. Leon in this game, I don't see how people hate him. You know, he's edgy and kind of an asshole but he's still snarky he's still cracking one-liners he's still a ladies man he still drinks he's still you know carefree as ever but they just love the original dante i think i said leon they just love the original dante who's you know just always cracking one-liners and you know he just walks in a room and he's like whoa that's weird <laughs> and then the freaking seinfeld theme plays like i don't understand how everyone loves that character but this character who's not that much different. Oh, he's bad. He's bad. He's just he's just bad. The freaking story in this game is actually interesting. Stuff actually happened that made me go, "Oh my god, I actually cared about the story in a freaking Devil May Cry game, which isn't exactly known for great writing." But yet, when this reboot that they don't like has bad writing, that's bad. The other games have bad writing and oh, it's just, you know, it's supposed to be, you know, cheesy and over the top. That's the whole point. I don't know why people hate this game. I think part of it's a vendetta. This, yeah, the studio that made it were antagonizing the fans. But just put that aside. Look at the game. Realize that it's one of the best in the series. And it sucks that we won't ever have a sequel because some people don't know how to be open-minded. You're almost a hot take, Tony. You're almost there. The meter is get, the meter is moving <laughs> up. How many more you got? One. That one better be a good one. Let me get... 
let me get these two done. Yeah, I don't want to say they yeah. kind of tie together. They kind of tie together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to. Okay, I want to say mine. It kind of it kind of hurts me to say this, but then once you think about it, you you'll understand where I'm coming from. Insomniac, <laughs> Insomniac being bought by PlayStation was one of the worst things that could have happened to Insomniac games. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this one. <laughs> when before Insomniac was bought by PlayStation. They were what you would consider a second party studio, which means they basically made first party games for multiple uh, publishers. Meaning, they made Ratchet and Clank, you know, Resistance uh, for PlayStation. They made Sunset Overdrive for Xbox. And they even made some other ones. They made some VR titles. Uh, they also made. Uh, forget some of the names of their lesser known stuff, but point is they made a lot of um, games for different studios and you know different types of games, first person, third person, you know VR, whatever. Then you see them starting to get into the formula of Spider Man. Obviously, PlayStation owned by Sony, they have the rights to Spider Man. They want to make a Spider Man game, so they buy Insomniac. What they're doing is they're turning Insomniac into the Marvel studio, the Spider-Man studio. This is taking all creativity away from Insomniac. Yeah, as soon as you kind of feel because like yeah. their their Spider-Man game, like you know, like the PS4 game, Tomas Morales, aside from Miles having unique powers, wasn't really that different. And then I played a lot of Spider-Man too, and. I mean, it's a great game. I'm not going to say it's bad. Heck no. But it it's it doesn't strike me as like, oh, this is like an evolution necessarily. Like, so, they made a bigger map, and that's basically it. Okay. I got a long <laughs> rant here. I'm going to try to get it done quick. Sucker Punch is, is the most underrated. This was one of mine. Sucker Punch is one of the most underrated PlayStation studios because you look at a Sucker Punch game, and you're like, wow, I don't really know many developers who can do this. You look at Spider-Man, other developers could have made a Spider-Man. Yeah, I agree. I'm not saying it would have been as good. I think Insomniac are, they're crazy at what they do. They're, they're one of the greatest studios in the world. I'd say they're top three ever. But they lost a lot of originality when they joined with PlayStation. I think uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is one of the greatest PlayStation exclusives ever. Uh, and it was very much overlooked. They don't plan on making another Ratchet and Clank for a very long time because they want to focus obviously on Wolverine and on uh, the next Spider-Man game because uh, they're not going to stop with two. They're turning them into the Marvel studio, and it's almost like now their Marvel games are going to be cookie cutter. You kind of know what it's going to be. I want to see them go back and make Resistance. I want to see them branch out and just create a completely new IP like Sunset Overdrive. I would like to see them do different genres, different, you know what I mean? But yeah, they're not yeah. going to, and they have some of the greatest talent in the industry. I kinda, but if they would have remained, you know, um, independent, they could have, they could have branched out and did more, but I guess this is a great opportunity for them. But, um, and I'm kind of using high, high, you know, hyperbole, but it's, it's sad because we're not going to get the insomniac that created resistance or the PS3 era of ratchet and clank games. It's just over, and that's that's very sad. Leading into my final gaming one, and just real quick, PS3 is the best PlayStation console. Not only that, 
it's the best seventh gen console when you want to pair it against Xbox 360 and Wii. That's a very hot take. I mean, yeah, there were so many like iconic titles that you know were exclusive to PS3. And and speaking of Resistance, which is why I wanted to lead into this, Resistance. Well, that's one of the greatest first-person shooter series ever made. The Ratchet and Clank games on PlayStation 3, absolutely amazing. And then you had obviously the Uncharted's. You had The Last of Us. You had a few God of Wars um, and whatnot. You had Killzone. Oh, you had so many different types of uh, exclusives and just double uh, A games on PlayStation Three and even like indie games that didn't get recognized. But PlayStation Three was a fun time if you were a PlayStation fan in that ecosystem because they were on the bottom almost the entire generation. But that was when they were at their best, when they weren't doing mainstream cookie cutter stuff like they're getting into now in the PS5 era. But I'm thinking of lifespan of the console. If you take the beginning of the PS3 to the very end of the PS3, the games they released in that console's lifespan is the greatest lineup of games that they put out in the lifespan of any of their PlayStation consoles. And then if you want to pair it to Xbox, they beat them in sales at the end. And if you want to compare it to Wii, they had PlayStation Move. So you had the Wii on PS3. No, but PS3 was better anyways. (laughs) That's my hot take. And that's it for my gaming ones. So, redeem yourself. Okay, my biggest... Redeem yourself. I think this one... Padawan. Was pro- this was, it was probably great that I saved this one for last. I mean, this isn't necessarily an unpopular one, but open world games... Oh, no. Suck. They're freaking boring. I don't know why every freaking studio... He's just trying to do a big open world extravaganza. Frickin' like, you know, like, you got frickin' Breath of the Wild. That's probably the greatest walking simulator ever made. Um, It's a great walking simulator, you know. You could, like, walk for 20 minutes in that game and see nothing. And then when you see something, it's like something you saw on this other side of the frickin' map. I don't understand. Like, I... I don't know, like, you know, I guess I could see the argument, well, yeah, I agree with you, you know, it's fun. You're 100% right. It's fun to, you know, play a game and explore, you know, a beautiful landscape and just be able to go anywhere. And it's like, yeah, no. that's fun. But, you know, what's better? How about you go outside? Doing and that in real life. Yeah, like, when I go for walks and I go, go somewhere anywhere. new it's and amazing. I reach, like, a branching path, I'm like, ooh, do I want to go over there? Who do I want to go over here? I don't see what's fun about just sitting with the controller and just like walking like 20 feet over to this marker over here so I can accomplish a side quest. And oh, let me fast travel back to my base. Like, I don't know why so many studios are trying to do open world. People actually get mad when certain games aren't open world. And it's one yeah, thing if like, I you know, they were like, it saying that they would be open world and they weren't but like i yo i there were people who were like pissed off that final fantasy 16 wasn't open world and i'm like you can craft the environment to so much more detail fidelity you know and and performance 
Redfall failed. It was open world, and they said that they could not, because of the open world elements, they could not make it 60 FPS, and the game was in, in 30 FPS and ran terrible. So there are limitations to open world. I mean, that's a terrible example, but like think about Horizon Forbidden West, the best-looking open-world game ever. It's not fun when you can just go anywhere you want. I guess you know it's it's massive and whatnot, but think about scripted moments. If you like make, even with Spider-Man, yeah. you got a ton of scripted moments, and not and not just scripted, but you have set paths that are um, crafted and they look and feel amazing. And it's not like it's just a it's a span of you know buildings that are all painted on and they're all similar and it's just copy paste copy paste. It feels like it's something crafted. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, like um. Where you you mentioned Horizon Forbidden West, Horizon Zero Dawn, bro. Honestly, here's another sub hot take. Yeah, one of the most boring freaking games I've ever played in my life. You know, like the sci-fi tribal yeah. fantasy aspect is cool. Well, it's, it's cool, it's not but fantasy. But it, like, dude, it, it should have been more linear. When I play, you know, like when I got the ability that lets you transform the one uh machines that walk on all fours into a rideable mount i'm like oh cool i started riding it it's slower than you just walking it's and then because crafting is a big part of the game you have to get off the mount and then walk over to the stuff and then walk over to your mount get back on like i don't know i i just want more like you know like linear games that have open world is seen as this big crowning achievement thankfully people are starting to wake up to it but I there are some good open world games, some great open world games, you know, like yeah, sure. uh, like a Red Dead or even something very cool like a Witcher or a Cyberpunk that's open world. Um, but yeah, not everything needs to be open world because open world actually ruins a lot of things and, and limits and restricts a lot of things in games that would be possible if it wasn't open world. I think that's what you're trying to say. Yeah, too. I just rather yeah. have a story that can breathe. You know, just a singular guided experience. Okay, you're still cold take, Tony, but <laughs> dang it, I have I have one crazy hot take, and if you jump on this, if you jump on this hot take with me, you'll be a hot take, Tony. Now, you ready? All We're right. gonna end it with this. Christopher Nolan is overrated. Yeah, kind of. Okay, okay, I'm glad we're on the same page. Um, I think he has made one or two of the greatest movies ever made in Inception and Interstellar. But I think besides that, he is kind of overrated. Um, that's all I well, got. Well, no, <laughs> you don't understand, Caleb. He's amazing, but it's he's important overrated. that his movies have some of the worst sound mixing you've ever heard in your life. That's important. That adds to the experience. You're not supposed to understand what the characters are saying. It's like, wow, guys, do you like do you like the Nolan trilogy of Batman movies? And do you like Interstellar? It's like, do you guys forget about Tenet? Tenet sucked, dude. I, I've never had to rewind a movie so much in my life. Like, it was actually, like, by the end of it, I was like, I never want to watch that ever again. In- Inception was cool by concept. I think his best movie probably is Interstellar. Um, I like Inception more, but I think Chris Nolan's best movie is probably Interstellar. Um, not a huge fan of his Batman movies, but they're good movies. They're really good movies. I um, I think but I could try one last time to become hot take Tony. Spider Man right. 2 is overrated, dude. 
I'm sorry. Spider-Man okay. Two is not one of it's one of the best comic book movies in terms of like style and vision. But like, dude, that movie, like, in terms of you talking movie, about in terms of the actual film, f- yeah, the freaking screenplay is ash cheeks. Okay, like, okay, <laughs> like Peter gets that speech. I, I, I agree with from you. Aunt yeah. May. That's like, oh, you know, sometimes we have to sacrifice our dreams, you know. And then Peter has to relearn the lesson he learned it by the end of the first movie which is that i have to sacrifice what i want in order to be spider-man and then at the end of the movie he does you know that. that's a hot take. he grows as a person but yeah. then mary jane shows up and then she's like isn't it your time someone saved your life you know it's time for me to make my own choices and then peter is just like okay well if you're choosing to be with me that's fine we can be together cool i'm happy now and it i don't under like Amazing Spider-Man 2 was way better because it actually showed that if Peter chose to have what he wanted after damn well knowing that that was a bad idea and not making the sacrifices, that it could end badly. And Gwen Stacy dies as a result. That's a great movie. One of the best Spider-Man movies. Cry about it. All right. We have unlocked Hot Take Tony. It took it took a little bit to get there, but Hot Take Tony is back. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely after that. I think that was great. Oh, we had some crazy hot takes, so we're gonna just leave it at that. It was a fun episode. Christmas, you know, Christmas time, Christmas episode. Our gift to you guys are some give the gift of hot takes. Um. So, anyways, Tony, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on. Enjoy Christmas. Enjoy the holidays. Same. I I need a break after hearing that. That was <laughs> what a way to end it. Nolan's overrated, and Spider Man Two is overrated. I'm glad this is at the end of the episode or else we'd get canceled sooner. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you both. Um, I'll see you and we'll see everyone watching next year. Yeah. I guess 2024. So with that, we'll see you guys next time. Peace.